When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max coming to you live from the Seaport District of Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Good morning, everybody. You heard it on the way in. The Texans fired David Culley after the Brian Flores firing in Miami. Cully was one of only two African-American head coaches in the NFL, which has 32 teams. That is mm-hmm. 70% plus African-American. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a high number. Give or take. Um, he, went, he had one season to coach. They didn't go into the season with a quarterback. The team was a mess. He won four games and beat some good teams. Yeah. Like, the Texans were – they weren't a good team – but, like, they would surprise you and pop well, a team they, every they, year and they, there. They, they got every the Chargers. Got Titans. And got the Titans. And then they came close to clipping mm. New England. Titans, number one seed in the conference. Yes. Chargers missed the playoffs by that game, really, if you, if you think about it. Yeah, but way. Coach Cully was only there as, a, as, a, as a, just a bridge and a, a stopgap right. individual. He knew this was coming. I mean, obviously, when he first took the job, it was like for him to even get the job, it became a whole – uh, Eric Bieniemy should get the job. Oh, Eric Bieniemy didn't want the job. I'm staying in Kansas City. To who are they gonna get now? Well, I don't really want the job. There's people that wouldn't even interview that took their names out the hat because it was such a mess. And then Coach Cully decided it's an opportunity. Let me, you know, I've been coaching as an assistant in this league for a very long time. It's an opportunity uh, to be a head coach. And on top of that, put some money in your bank account. Can I say something just honestly? Sometimes um, I get frustrated because the key. It seems like. And I know things could obviously change with Eric Bieniemy and obviously Brian Flores, but for a guy like David Culley, like a black coach needs to take a job like that because, hey, that's my only way to actually get my foot in the door. Like I have to take a bad situation in which we both know that he was a placeholder, even though he got some of those wins, but there's really no long-term opportunity for true success. That's frustrating for me. As African-American male. Well, I think it's frustrating for me as well, but I also, and you do too, Jay, understand that all sides, both white and black, take bad jobs. I hear because you. Because there's a handful of them. It's just that the whites get more opportunities to take those bad jobs you know, than we do. This cycle right now, in terms of African-American head coaching candidates, seriously, serious ones, you got Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles, Leslie Frazier, uh, Eric Bieniemy, Eric Bieniemy, Brian Flores, and Brian Flores. Those are probably the real, like the real candidates that's got a real opportunity to get real jobs that have had multiple uh, inquiries through the NFL to interview those guys. You know, I, I, it occurs to me. I want to say something to some white people out there who may <laughs> not view themselves as as racist or anything like that and don't understand this. Like, wait a minute, David Culley won four games and he got fired. Right, and because there's usually a pretty good explanation if you take it team by team why they happen to hire this guy. It's not that we won't hire a black candidate; we just mm-hmm. like this guy. So I'll ask you, because it starts at the ownership level. Yes, right. <laughs> there are all—it's almost exclusively <clears throat> white guys who own teams. 
Do people because you need to be a super duper billionaire to buy a team? Do people believe? Why you don't have one yet? <laughs> do people believe that African Americans are intrinsically inferior at making money? Like, if you're not racist, and a lot of people out there listening are not, and, and still don't quite get it, that's not what it is. This has to do with our country's history. Why a certain groups are are it you know are less wealthy than others, right? Or more Absolutely. impoverished than others. Well, of course. That's the first thing at the ownership yeah, level. Of course. Then, then let me ask you this. So, so we see systemic racism really affects that, or has affected it. Yes. I mean, do people believe that African Americans are intrinsically inferior at leading groups or at thinking about things? Because people out there listening who may not understand this would answer, no, no, of course not. I'm not saying that. Well, if you're not saying either of those things, how do you explain a 70% African-American league with 32 teams and one head coach who's African-American? How do you explain it? Well, here's how I would explain it. It's all about your upbringing and who you surround yourself Mm -hmm. around and with. And, And I've always talked about this. When you have certain people in the room, Meaning, like, when there's front office executives, even out of our company, that look like us, we have better opportunities to climb, okay? Because they are more comfortable in dealing with. Now, take it back to sports and back to the field and the stadiums and things of that nature. When you have the executives, the owners, they hire people that they are comfortable around, that they've been around. Because the environment, it's like I grew up around 10% African-American, 90% of my friends are white. I, I, I don't even know how to communicate. So they never give it an opportunity and a chance, okay? And then if they hire somebody at the high level that looks that it's black, minority, whatever the case is, you start to see a little bit more, whether it's female minority or African-American Spanish, whatever the case may be, you start to see the doors open up a little bit more because of the comfort level. And that is just the way it is. It's society as a whole in boardrooms. When the boardroom is nothing but white folk, they put out things that a little bit more sided toward them. You know what's Mm -hmm. crazy, Jay? That it's actually doing the right thing is frequently in your own self-interest. So a business that is closed off to an entire group largely. I mean, one out of 32. And this includes what Key just brought up, women, half the population, right? If you are closed off essentially to certain groups, you're doing yourself a disservice because without the competition open to everyone truly, you will not find the best candidate for the job. It does feel, though, like in the NFL, Max, because there there are black billionaires out there. I mean, I can go through a list of names, right? It does feel like with the NFL, there's an old guard type of mentality, though, Key. Like, hey, well, this is a certain sub- subset of families that have owned teams for a very long time, and we're not as willing to let new money come into the league that NBA has been a little bit more open about, it feels like. Well, NBA teams are up for sale a lot. NFL teams, teams yeah, much they're like more legacy. Said, yeah. yeah, it's like, it's yeah. like my great-great-grandfather Father. had it, and my granddad, and my mom, and my dad, and I do it. Which and makes it exponentially it harder to break into, Max, as well, from an ownership perspective. But you got to look at the different layers of people that look like, and I say look like you because you're African-American, look like me that's black. There's only a handful of us in the league, okay? And by that, we those will give the opportunities. They will give you an opportunity. Or owners, or owners that are comfortable 
in dealing with minorities. Everybody's not comfortable. In other and words, that's whatever. And that's okay. Let me understand this. So, and I think it's interesting. You know, whatever your personal philosophy is about social justice, equality, doing the right thing, at the end of the day, people want to be comfortable when they come to work, particularly if they're the boss, right? And so, so it, they're going to choose their own personal kind of comfort level over some kind of high-minded principle, the owners, but, in other words. Max, right? like, I, that sounds, I don't even think that it's, sounds I don't right think it's just me, comfortable. I think it's kind of like um, a lack of awareness. Like, I have a lot of friends where I'm like, okay, let me ask you realistically. Like, how many African-American friends do they have? And they're like, damn, like, you. <laughs> but it's not like... It's not like they, they're like doing that, that maliciously. <laughs> they're not doing that maliciously. It's just yeah. like there's so many things happening in their lives that there's not yeah. like a conscious effort to make relationships with more, right? Because maybe their life doesn't. Well, we ain't... Re- go ahead. Go, ahead. go, go. Maybe their go life ahead. doesn't lend to that, right? Yeah, right. So, they're just not coming into contact with different groups. That's what, yeah, exactly. 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 Like, like, in all honesty, let's be honest with ourselves, though. I got to take my kids. And I got to make sure my kids go back to the inner city and understand. Yes. Because my kids ain't around that like that every single day. I got billionaire friends. I got, I was at dinner last week before I came back with one of my friends that's the CEO of a major company. And we was having a conversation about his kids and my kids and their thought process and their thinking. And I, the son, now they got a huge home. The home is as big as this whole studio. And his son went to somebody else's house that had an even bigger house, came back and, and was talking <laughs> yeah. about why is our house smaller, smaller than, than their house. house. Exactly. So I had to, and so I had to tell him and his dad and everybody sitting there, I said, part of the problem is he's going to always grow up over here with the horses and the big houses and the cars and all that. He doesn't understand that he is in a great position because he didn't grow up in poverty, but he saw something totally different so the first thing as a kid, they start to compare mm-hmm. and think things. My kids will always grow up a certain way now. I didn't. So I have to pick them literally up and drive them to the inner city so they can see. He is always get a dog in New York, and New York has changed. But when I was, a kid, I when I was a kid growing up, the thing about New York is L.A. is diverse, but it's economically segregated. Mm-hmm. New York growing up like in the 70s, 80s, you're just comfortable around everybody because everyone's living on top of each other together and yeah, it's highly integrated. Maybe less so now than it used to be, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about your surroundings, man. Yes, it is. The Texans join the mix looking for a new head coach. That includes the Chicago Bears. How will their decision have an impact on the future of their top receiver? We'll ask Allen Robinson next. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. 
Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. We're going to get back to the super wild card weekend in 15 minutes. Four downs, but we're thrilled to be joined by Bears wideout Allen Robinson on the Goodyear hotline right now, brought to you by Goodyear, making the plays that move you forward. Goodyear, more driven. What's up, A? What's good? What's good? Man, I thought you was going to be in the studio with us, but I know you're coming up another time later on with us, but we good. Good to have you on with me, Jay, and Max. I appreciate it. Man, let me ask you something, because I talked to you a little bit throughout the course of the season, and clearly, you know, there was some frustration that was setting in for you at times. How difficult, though, now that the season is over with and you can go back and reflect, how difficult was the season not only on you, but the entire team based on all the yo-yo and up and down that was going on? Uh, for me personally, you know, uh, it was it was extremely frustrating. You know, um, for me, it was one of the more – frustrating seasons that I had, you know, especially um, kind of stepping into the season, you know, uh, coming off a back-to-back thousand-yard seasons, you know, and as I'm going through the season, you know, seeing some of the game plans, seeing how I'm not really being involved, seeing how I'm not doing the things that I've done in the past, you know, so for me personally, it was it was very frustrating, you know, but once I kind of came to terms with, you know, how I was being used and what was going on, you know, it just was me trying to focus on being productive, you know, but from a team standpoint, you know, I think that uh, we got a we had a good locker room that really rallied around each other. You know, we had guys who had played together for a while, who had been there for a while. You know, so for from a team aspect, you know, nobody liked to lose. But I will say that we had guys who really played for each other and truly rallied around each other. Justin didn't play, I think, the last three weeks of the season, but you could clearly tell throughout the course of the season he potentially can be something special in the National Football League. What do you think? went on in his mind as time went on during the season and things wasn't working out the way that you all envisioned at the beginning of the year? Um, You know, I think for him, it just was kind of, you know, continuing to try to get better, you know, um, by, by uh, being a rookie, you know, you already kind of thrown into the fire, you know, but for him, I, I would probably say that's for the most part, you know, where, where all of our focus was. And again, I mean, the season didn't go, as planned as, you know, anybody kind of had hoped or, you know, how we thought it may go. Alan, you played on the franchise tag this past season. What is the process going to be like for you becoming a free agent? Take me through that. Yeah. um, Yeah. So playing on the franchise tag, you know, which is, uh, again, already something as a player, you know, uh, I'm not going to say you feel isolated, you know, but this at that point in time, you know, once I was franchise tagging throughout the course of the year, you know, it just it just felt a little bit different, you know, as far as, uh, you know, my involvement, you know, and things like that, you know, from the time the season ended last season, you know, again, I mean, um, I think I talked to Coach Nagy for the first time in June or July, I want to say um, whatever their mandatory minicamp was, so June 17th, you know, and that was the first time that I had talked to him since the flight after the Saints lost you know, the year prior, you know, mm-hmm. so things like that kind of just coming into the season was, 
a little bit unsettling for me, you know, especially with that, you know, kind of being my guy, you know, since the time I stepped foot in Chicago and us having open communication and things like that, you know, so, you know, that's kind of the stuff that, you know, started early on in the season and as I go through the season, but now, you know, with the season being over, just trying to focus on continuing to be better. Like I said before, man, for me throughout the course of the year, I accepted my role, you know, and that added fuel to the fire, you know, again, I mean, whatever, you know, one of 32 teams is going to get a very, very, very hungry player, you know, whoever that may be. And, you know, however that may shake out. Do you anticipate being tagged again? Um, I don't anticipate that, you know, again, I mean, who knows though, you know, um, again, that's, that's, that's out of my control. You know, right now, my, my main focus again is, you know, coming off uh, a season where I was banged up a little bit with a hamstring, with an ankle and stuff like that. Right now, my main focus is just, you know, getting healthy and then, and then seeing what happens, you know, like I said before, man, just continuing to, you know, let this kind of, you know, fire settle in. You know, like I said before, man, it, it was it was, it was a frustrating year, man. That frustration is going to sit with me through the entire offseason, you know. But again, things like that for me is not anything that I can't channel properly. You know, it's, you know, I'm I'm just as just as hungry as I ever was, if not hungry, you know, after coming off the season and how the season went. You you know, Matt Nagy is, is one of your guys. Like, you enjoy playing for Coach Nagy. How difficult was it? to see him kind of go through getting beat up in the media on a constant basis, things not working out the way that he envisioned uh, things to work out for the Chicago Bears. Was it difficult seeing that? Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult whenever you, uh, as a player, you know, you see all those things going on, you know. And, uh, I mean, in Chicago, though, you're in a big market, you know. So whenever things aren't going properly, you know, we all getting beat up. You know, we all taking the heat. You know, as the season's going on, you know, for me not being able to have a production that I was having, you know, you know, I was taking heat, you know, uh, I mean, our offense was taking heat, you know, defense was taking heat at times, you know, so it's just kind of one of those things where, you know, it was kind of, you know, all of us, you know, at the same time, you know, taking all of that and just trying to be able to, you know, bounce back and, and, and try to win some games, you know, because again, I mean, I think, I don't, I don't think we were out of playoff contention until like the third to last week of the season or something like that, you know, so throughout the course of the year, guys still has stuff to play for and still trying to be able to maybe turn that thing around. Alan Robinson here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max ESPN Radio. Alan, you thrived for, uh, you know, with, with Bill O'Brien at Penn State. How much would you want to play for him again if he gets another NFL head coaching gig? I mean, you know, Bill is my guy, man. It's, uh, he's a guy who, uh, you know, I learned a lot of football from, you know, again, um, uh, at Penn State, you know, he was coming from the NFL. You know, he's you know he sat down with me in the offseason and stuff. We would, we would watch NFL tape. You know, at the time at Penn State, my college uh, receiver coach was from the NFL. Also, you know, so we had a very good relationship, and I think he was a he was a big part of my development as a player. You know, he's the one who kind of started you know moving me around, having me play in the slot, having me play outside, and really kind of you know helped me learn the game and learn how to you know run certain concepts and be involved in, in certain things as a as an offensive receiver. So the, the, you played a lot of playoff teams with the Bears this year. Um, and, you know, people are interested in the play. Even if you're not in them, people are interested in, in these matchups. What, like, you had the Rams week one, the Bengals week two, the Raiders week five, the Packers week six and 14, the Bucks week seven, four down, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Who did you play this year where going into the playoffs, you're like, ooh, that's going to be a problem? Um. Honestly, you know, I think we had, I wouldn't say really anybody, you know, I mean, I, I personally feel like with the team that we had, you know, stepping onto the field, you know, I didn't think that, you know, uh, any game for us, you know, was a, was a issue. You no, know, Alan, again, I'm I mean, sorry. Now, let me clarify. I mean, 
like heading into these playoffs because you played all these teams. Who oh, are you gotcha, like, gotcha. oh, okay, yeah, yeah. that is yeah. a dangerous team? Honestly, I think I think Cincinnati can be a dangerous team. Uh, you know, I think from seeing the weapons that they've had all season, you know, seeing how, you know, the direction that they're tre- that they're trending in as a team, you know, I think that's very important, you know, uh, for teams is trending in the right direction around playoff time. And then obviously you got, you know, Green Bay, you know, Tampa Bay, you know, guys with Hall of Fame quarterbacks who've done it at a high level who live for January in football, you know, so. Um, I would say those those three teams, you know, that that we, that we played against, you know, even with us beating uh, Cincinnati, you know, Cincinnati has a lot of weapons, and I think that they're trending in the right direction and they're starting to heat up at the right time. Mm-hmm. Allen, y'all played the 49ers this year, and, and Justin Fields probably had his best game of the year, I, I would guess. And when you look at the 49ers on defensive side of the ball, what kind of problems could the Niners present for the Cowboys in that explosive offense? Yeah, I think um, – one thing that they do is really go after the football, you know, um, rather if that's, you know, trying to punch it out, you know, obviously they got a good front, you know, they're able to rush the quarterback, you know, um, and they do a lot of things. Well, they're, they're a very sound coach team, you know, on both sides of the ball, you know, again, and I think that you can kind of tell that and that kind of shows up on tape. So um, for them, you know, I think, I think, I think Dallas also though, man, Dallas has a lot of firepower. You know, I think it's one of those sleeper teams in the, in the playoffs, you know, I think for them, if they can start heating up, you know, right now, I think I think Dallas can make a run, man. Like I said before, man, they got a lot of weapons over there on both offense and defense. I hear you on that, Alan, but I have to ask you about the Packers. How far do you think the gap is between them and the rest of the NFC as it relates to just them being a Super Bowl championship contending team? Yeah. Um, I would say right now, obviously, you know, there is a little bit of a gap. You know, I think that they have a very uh, cohesive group. You know, they have a lot of guys who played together for – you know, a good amount of time. I mean, their quarterback and receiver have been together now for, you know, eight seasons. I've played a ton of playoff games together and things like that, you know. So for them, I think just kind of, you know, with, with them having Aaron and with them always being able to build, you know, they have a lot of vets, like I said before, from Adrian Amos to uh, Alexander, you know, to uh, Savage now becoming a vet. You know, they have a lot of guys on that side of, of the ball who've played a lot of ball for them, you know, and that's playing a lot of regular season games and playoff games. So I think they're I think they're well-rounded and experienced, you know, across the board as a team. Allen Robinson, ladies and gentlemen, best of luck with, uh, with uh, what's coming for you wherever you wind up, and thanks for jumping on with us this morning, He's Alan. going to the Giants. You don't, want to, you don't want to do that right now. It's just the only thing I'm going to do. Just get your money, Alan. <laughs> I'm a get Giants your money, fan, man. and I, even I'm like, not not at the moment. <laughs> I appreciate it, fellas. No All, right. All right. All right, Alan. All right. We're First class, out. man. First class right there. Yeah, yeah. Good player, too. Um, we're going to get uh, we're gonna get to everything you need to know for the super wild card game. 170! What's up? This is Four Downs. Man, I feel like I hadn't seen four downs in a very long time. Yeah, four downs. It is. It's time for four downs, y'all. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. So, Mm-mm. here we are, Super Wild Card Weekend. Let's get right to it. Here comes the Tom Jackson voice. <laughs> it's Tom. First down. <laughs> Raiders Give it at to me, Bengals, 4.30 p.m. on NBC. Raiders at Bengals, Keith. TJ's watching so that you know. That's so you my guy. Better stay out of it. <laughs> Uh-oh, drink some water. Catch uh, <laughs> when I look at this football game, clearly the Cincinnati Bengals is a better all-around young football team 
than the Raiders, but the Raiders have some spirit in them right now, and they're playing for Rich Passaccia. They're playing for Carr. They certainly had an opportunity earlier in the regular season when they played the Cincinnati Bengals out in Las Vegas to get things going. They fell apart in the second half. I don't necessarily know if they'll do that this time around, but at home, in the cold, warm weather team, I got to think that Cincinnati is going to pull this one off. Mm. Key can give you all the inside football knowledge you need. Me, big game, bright lights, mm. an opportunity in a closeout scenario. Max, you talked about this yesterday with Joe Burrow. You talk about a legacy opportunity for a young quarterback coming off an ACL tear last year. That's what I want to see, Joe Thorough. Show me it's your time. Joe Thorough, no doubt. By the way, you know what the, I, I, the Raiders fans, you think that I could sell this to Raiders fans? They're, they got the Cinderella spirit. <laughs> They're play, the Raiders are playing with the Cinderella spirit. How do you use Cinderella with everything they've gone through this year? It's hilarious. That, that, but it's true, More like though. persevere through but, adversity. But it's true, Have though. Have you looked this at their timeline? Yes. This is a team that is supposed to be done with everything that went on, yeah. on and off the field. Derek Carr kept them straight and steady. On and off the field, they are in the playoffs, but I do think it ends now. Fighter Joe Burrow, spirit. Joe Thorough and company. Fighter spirit yes, more the so Cinderella the spirit. Yeah. Jeez. Go ahead, Evan. Oh, no, it's me. No, it's you. Second yes, down. Yes, you're leading. Well, Second down. Patriots at Bills, 8.15 p.m. CBS on Saturday. Mm. Yeah, 8.15. Imagine how cold it would be around halftime. When you look at this football game, the Patriots went to Buffalo during the regular season. I think it was week 13. Put up 222 yards on the ground against the Bills. They pushed them around. I don't know if that will be the case the third time around. Buffalo just beat them in Foxborough several weeks ago. So when you look at this football game, it is huge for Josh Allen to get off the schneid. He's played poorly Mm -hmm. in bad weather. He needs to fix that. And then on the flip side of things, the New England Patriots need to figure out how to unleash Mac Jones because if he you can't depend on him to win you playoff games by only throwing the ball a handful of times. Ooh, unleash Mac Jones. Maybe this is him unleashed. I want to see him unleashed. Uh, All I will say is this, guys is that I understand that the Bills beat up on the Pats last time they played, but I go back to that first game just because of the weather, the weather similarities that we're going to have this weekend compared to the first game, and just Bill Belichick on the radio after that game, that little skirmish he and Sean McDermott had with their parsing of words, and Bill Belichick saying, I'm feeling a little bit run down. Will that be the same scenario we will see? I know the wind won't be the same, but the weather will be similar. And that's what we've seen the, Pat, the Bills struggle with. That run game, can Bill Belichick execute that? Key, it may have been you who said this, so correct me if I'm wrong. The bottom line about that game is the Patriots had their way up front. Yes. Yeah, they on, pushed them around. Yeah, on, bo- on both sides of the ball. To me, that's what it comes down to in a bad weather. Whether there's wind or not, bad weather game in the playoffs. Who wins up front? If the answer is the Patriots, they're going to win. I don't know that it will be this time. I think Josh Allen and company are going to be extra. They have more motivation. I think the Bills win this game. You're leading third down. Eagles at Bucks, 1 p.m. Fox on Sunday, Key. It's going to take everything in Jalen Hurts on the ground, in the air, special teams, the defensive side of the ball, for them to pull one off against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are without several key members of the offensive side of the ball. Leonard Fournette's been banged up. There is no A.B. There is no Chris Godwin. So when you look at this, but there is a Tom Brady. 
And, I, you know, it's one of those deals with Jalen Hurts has got to be Jalen Hurts. He's got to be Superman. Can he go in there and do it? Of course he can. Do I think he will? Probably not. There is no Tom Brady. I mean, sorry, there is no A.B. There is no Chris Godwin. But there is Mike Evans. There is Rob Gronkowski. A lot. There is a little Scotty Miller who hasn't really got enough. Right, he's playoff Lenny. Playoff, yeah, man. You still play for them? Exactly. Levante David. By the way, they got their guys back. (laughs) Let's not act like Tom Brady doesn't have weapons. And by the way, I've seen what Tom Brady has been able to do without weapons in the past. So he still has weapons, and you still have TB12. And I mentioned their linebackers. I mean, they got a defense, too. The Bucs are going to win the game. The Eagles have chances because of that O-line. Mylotta, the left tackle, is a Beast and Lane Johnson and 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 Jason Kelsey, they just have a great offensive line and a and a left tackle that can cause problems. They can win up front, but I still think Brady is gonna get it done. Key, more importantly, will the Bucks cover? Twelve and a half point favorite. Will they cover? That's yeah, what I, I need to know. I, I think they will. That's what people like me need to know. I think they will. Okay. Yeah. Good. I'll take it. Fourth down. 49ers at Cowboys, CBS Ooh, Sunday. Guys, spicy. 4.30 p.m. Guys, Dak can't lose this game. He's not allowed. No, Dak Prescott cannot lose this football game. The Cowboys as a whole cannot lose this football game. The one thing that they've got to do is they've got to somehow figure out how to put the football in J- Jimmy Garoppolo's hands because the 49ers, much like the – the New England Patriots, they like to run the football. They like to be dominant up front with that big offensive line, push people around. The Dallas Cowboys front seven, in particular, the three pass rushing guys and Lawrence Gregory, along with Michael Parsons, they like to pin their ears back and go get the quarterback. But if you are running the football and you are somehow playing delusional in terms of sending the eyes of the defense into the backfield on fly sweeps, things of that nature, and freezing them from going in turning the edge on the pass rush and holding things up, you'll have a better chance to win because those guys won't go get Jimmy. But if they stop that run and they've got to start to throw the football, now they go go get Jimmy. Uh Cowboys only a three-point favorite at home, which to me, that's like a pick It's like even money. All I'm going to say is I'm only going with my gut here, guys. There's just a weird feeling around this game. You got Jerry Jones talking about championship or bust. It feels like it's set up for the Cowboys to lose in the first round. It just feels that way. I'm not saying it's going to happen. It just feels that well, way. Well, like a giant fan. Fifth time in a I, row. I never act as a giant bust. fan. You know I'm a fan of Dak Prescott. I want to see the Cowboys actually ride out. It just doesn't – it feels a little bit off. It's always if they it's lose, always championship oh, or bust Lord. for the Cowboys, God, and it's always they, bust. 25 years. It's always they bust. Can't, they can't years. lose, though. Um, here's the thing. There's a guy from The Athletic, I want to say, had this a couple weeks ago. Maybe it was six, seven weeks ago. This is not saying Garoppolo's a top-five quarterback. Let me be very clear. Garoppolo operating Shanahan's offense. When Garoppolo starts, the Niners Mm -hmm. have been throughout his career a top-five offense. The effect he has on that offense is – consider that. Top-five offense in the NFL when Garoppolo's a starter. Man, the dude's good, man. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's good. He's just like – Niners are going to upset him. Like anything in this professional sports world, when a narrative is set about you, people can't shake it. They just stay with it. And they run with it to the cows come home. No matter what information you got that's different, people will just drive it home. Because the guys the like Keyshawn Johnson in the media. I don't work for the media. Yes. <laughs> you mean you literally work for yes. the no, media? No, I do not. I work for Disney. Which is media. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Mickey Disney Mouse is-, is not. I Orlando, Disneyland. <laughs> 
Anaheim, <laughs> Disneyland. I don't movies. I don't, you know. Yeah. All right. Okay, Mickey Mouse. Time, Whatever you say, Mickey. <laughs> Bonus down. Steelers at Chiefs, 8.15 p.m., NBC Sunday. Another cold game, but they both know the cold, right? Pittsburgh, they're overmatched in this football game to a degree. They're going to have to shorten the field, create turnovers, try and figure out how to get Ben Roethlisberger in a short field to score points, put Patrick Mahomes in a very odd situation, have the balls bounce their way, get a turnover here, uh, a muff punt there, a block field goal or a missed field goal there. Keep the game close until the end and try and get Big Ben to pull it out late in the game. I want to see it end well for Big Ben, but I don't think it's going to end well for Big Ben. I think Kansas City, similar to how they met in the first fashion, will come out, quick lead, and the Steelers trying to play behind and trying to score quickly, I think that puts them at a disadvantage. I, I, Chiefs win, I think they cover in this game. I still just love the matchup between Andy Reid and Mike Tomlin, though. That's a colossal, giant matchup of coaches. I don't think they – even if they fall down two touchdowns early, I think the Steelers play the clock, defense, run the ball, and, you know, it could be 21-3 to at halftime. It could still wind up being a close game. Guys, think about this. This is Roethlisberger's Super Bowl this year. The Steelers ain't going to win the Super Bowl, but this game is like their Super Bowl. You think it's going to be close? They, I do. If they can, if they can somehow beat the Chiefs, and I don't think they will, but if they did, that would be that, like they ain't going all the way. But that would be. You like, should oh go my bet, God, We knocked yeah. out the you Chiefs. Bet that I don't they think. Beat no, I, yeah. I, I don't I like the Chiefs close. to win. <laughs> I, the, Just take the Steelers to cover. If you yeah, think it's I, should, I should take That's the Steelers to cover. That's what I'm saying. You should go. But you didn't do that yesterday when we had our. I should have. No, you can do it with your real money though. Let's not get hysterical. A two-time division champion, that is still little brother. In their division, how one team can change Keyshawn Johnson's narrative. His name's that not media Keyshawn. Guy. It's Mickey Johnson. <laughs> Mickey Johnson. Mickey Johnson. Sound like a mob guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Mickey Johnson. That's <laughs> from Brooklyn. Good. Yeah, from Brooklyn or something. <laughs> yeah, Mickey Johnson won the welterweight <laughs> title in 52. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Patriots reporter extraordinaire Mike Reese joins us right now. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and Mike Reese is on the Goodyear Hotline. Boo, What's going on, Mike? Boo, boo. Boo you, Mike. You're at home in the warmth. I don't like you that. You're cozy, Mike. I'm waiting for, I, I was waiting for the Gillette shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boring. <laughs> it's cold out. You're supposed to be standing shot in front of frozen. Gillette. <laughs> shot would have been frozen. <laughs> hey, Key, that shot would have been frozen just like me. 
How are the Patriots preparing for the elements? How did they prepare for the elements this week, uh, getting ready to face Buffalo in single-digit temperature? Uh, Max, I was out at practice. Uh, Their practice fields, by the way, are actually frozen. They had to move their practice uh, inside the stadium where they have that sort of synthetic grass surface. And so they're in there, and one member of the team looks over at all the reporters, you know, in their winter hats, their, you know, uh, scarves and their gloves, and yells over, don't forget your long underwear! So I think the answer to it, Max, is like they're embracing it, right? They're out in the elements, and this is the Bill Belichick philosophy. Like, his team always practices outside all year. The players joke. They're like, hey, we have this indoor facility, but the next time I see the inside of it will be the first time. They were in there like three times, you know, this whole year. So being in the elements, Bill Belichick always says, going into December, November, like, hey, we've seen it all, whether it was rain, wind, sleet. So they hope that sort of not just preparing for it this week, but what they've done all year sort of prepares them for what they're going to face on Saturday night. Mike, me and Mac Jones kind of, sort of got something in common. He's from Florida. I'm from California. My rookie season, I had to play in Buffalo, freezing cold, like freezing cold. Now, he's got to play in Buffalo in minus degree temperatures. What has he said about having to do this now different than when they were there the first time around? So, Key, you know, the, the, the thing that Mac has sort of stressed is it's about the execution more than the elements. But that being said, you know, he's talked about, like, leaning on the veterans. Like, he's got a backup quarterback in Brian Hoyer, who's been around the block now for more than a decade in the NFL, and and he wants to wear something that puts him in the best position to execute on game night. And so, like, Tom Brady, remember in those really cold games, he used to wear, like, a scuba suit. And so Mac has sort of listened to Brian Hoyer, who used to play with Tom Brady, about what has worked over the years for quarterbacks in really cold conditions. So that's something to watch for Saturday night. Like, is Mac in that scuba suit? And then he can focus on what he really knows is the most important, which is the execution and going up against a, a Bills defense that gave him a lot of trouble the last time that he faced them. So, Mike, between these two regular season matchups that we've seen between both these teams, which one do you think this playoff game will most emulate? So, Jay, I would say the second one, December 26th. That game in Buffalo, the first one, December 6th, the wind was so extreme that it really affected the way the game was played. I mean, they only attempted three passes in that game, and the Patriots kicker, Nick Folk, had said, like, to one end of the stadium, like, they had to make it to the 10-yard line before they would even consider kicking. And so I think it's the second game, and also the other part, about that was the way Josh Allen really performed against the Patriots. Like, the Patriots did not pressure him. And Bill Belichick said something this week that really caught my eye. He said the key against Josh Allen, which we didn't do the last time, is an aggressive rush with an element of vision and containment. And I kept repeating that to myself. Aggressive rush with an element of vision and containment. Because they want to try to disrupt them, but they don't want to, like, run past them because then Josh Allen's racing down the field, which, which is what he did so well the last time they met. So I think it's really that second game that's the key here. Yeah. Gap discipline. The Patriots will have it. Right? Like Bill Belichick will make sure it's there. Absolutely. Uh, Mike, David Culley's out in Houston, uh, no longer with the Texans. And Nick Casario and Jack Easterby, they have connections up there in Boston with the Patriots. 
do we expect to see some Patriot coaches in the mix potentially for that head coaching vacancy? Well, Key, it would make a lot of sense because it's Nick Casario, right? And one of the other top people in that organization is Jack Easterby, who came from the Patriots as well. So you got to look at it and say Gerard Mayo, a Patriots assistant coach who interviewed last year for the Philadelphia job and was said to be very impressive— Denver has already put in a request for him. You figure Gerard Mayo will be in the discussion in Houston. Brian Flores, who came up in the Patriots system, let go in Miami. You figure he'll be in that discussion in Houston. And Josh McDaniels, you know, his name is always coming up every year. So I think when you look at what Houston's doing down there, um, after moving on from David Culley, if you're thinking Patriots ties, those would be the three names that are sort of at the top of the list. Mike, before, before we let you go, we were talking about what's at stake at vari- in various uh, playoff matchups earlier in the show. And one of the things it seems to me in this game is, you know, Brady leaves the division. The Bills take over. They retool in the offseason to get by the Chiefs, right? And then they beat the Chiefs early in the season. They have higher aspirations than just running the AFC East. And yet here they are with their old, you know, bosses in the AFC East, the Patriots, do the Patriots, do you get a sense that that is on the Patriots' mind, that they have to show the Bills this is still our rivalry division, whatever you want to call it? So, to a degree, Max, but not necessarily. Like, I think right now, this is like rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, like, we made it to the playoffs. Like, it's been a successful season no matter what happens in this game. Now, that being said, like, they want to go out and win the game, but I think based on the way they sort of rebooted this whole thing, Mm -hmm. transitioning from Tom Brady having the down year with Cam last year, getting Mac 10 wins to this point, I think they feel pretty good where they're at no matter what happens in this game. Excellent. As always, Mike Reese, thanks for jumping on with us, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. Now, here... Thanks. Here's the question, guys. (laughs) Is three years too soon for a college reunion? We'll answer that next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. 